0: You're listening to the ministry of Potter's House Church Wandsworth, a Christian Pentecostal church based in South London, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our call is to reach the lost, make disciples and plant churches. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk. You know when you get when you have a cold, like just a cold, a normal common cold, as they call it, there is no cure for the cold. How many of you know that there's no cure for a cold? You can't take antibiotics for a cold. Antibiotics help you if you have an infection, if there's something wrong, there's an infection, there's a, 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 a something is. Uh, gone, gone off. Basically, I guess you could say. Uh, but the common cold, there is no cure. You'd be like, oh, but you yeah, know, I could take lems. No, those things are just helping you with the symptoms of the cold. When you take a sip or you, you start to have a cup of uh, honey and lemon. Those things are not curing the cold. What they're doing is they're helping you with the symptoms of the cold because really and truly, if you call the doctor and you said, i got a cold, or sometimes you've even got the flu, they'll be like, you just got to let it ride your system. Your body's just got to flush it out, and that's why they say, drink plenty of water, take vitamin C, relax, chill, because you just got to put your body in an optimum state so that it can fix itself. That's the way God has designed it. God has designed that some things, the body fixes itself. See, if you catch a, there are some people because of genetic malfunctions or because of other diseases or sicknesses or uh, things that they have going wrong, if they catch a cold, it's really dangerous. Because their bodies can't fix This cold, their bodies can't rectify it, It can't make it well. That's not the way God designed it. See, the same thing is with the body of Christ. There are some things within the body of Christ, you guys are the body of Christ, look at someone someone and say, you're the body of Christ. Welcome, tell them welcome, because they might not have known, amen, they know that now. You're the body of Christ. That's what the Bible says. The church is the body of Christ. I'm not the body of Christ in myself, just the pastor. We're all the body of Christ. And let me just throw this out there. I'm not the head of the body either. How many know that? Christ is the head. I'm the assistant pastor. He's the senior pastor. Amen. And so the way that God has designed the natural body is the same way God has designed the church body, is that God has designed the church to know how to fix itself. And so we want to preach a sermon in a series about together we have it all. And we're going to uh, deal with some issues. Now, today's going to be a bit more of a teaching session. So I don't know. I might jump up and down still and shout and spit. But bear with me. Have your Bibles open. Take some notes. And uh, you, 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 you'll, you'll leave here smarter than when you came in by God's grace. Colossians 3 verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we ask you right now for your grace, your mercy. Father, as always, we need your love, your kindness. I pray, Father, you speak to us today. I pray, Father, your word would instruct us today. I pray that your spirit will guide us and help us. I pray for those that are struggling, that you will strengthen them. I pray for those, Father, who feel, Lord, like giving up. Give them strength to continue. I ask you this in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. And so in our text, it says there about teaching and admonishing one another. And so um, what the Bible is saying here is, is that you, niece, you you and i as all of us as the body of christ we should be teaching one another some stuff now some of you might think well i'm not sure if that's my calling pastor to be a teacher i don't know if that's my gift and we understand there are special gifts that some people are called to teach and to preach that's my gift that's what god that's my calling but In this text, what it's saying, it uses the word one another. And when it says one another, it means this is everybody's duty. Every Christian should be communicating. The word teach means to communicate skill. Every Christian should be communicating spiritual skills to others. Every single Christian. No matter how long you've been saved, you should seek or be, be able to show people, this is how you live for Jesus. We should be able to look at you. Now, maybe you got saved last week. And we're so happy for that. How many we know we're happy for that? Some of you are happy in the, two, in the front. Okay. But the rest of us, we're, we're, I mean, the rest of you need to get saved. But we're, we're happy for that. So if you got saved last week, you know what, 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 you, what you show? You show what someone who's been saved a week should do. That's what you're doing. Someone who's been saved, someone should get saved this week. They'd be like, well, what did you do? Well, I did this. Simple as that. You may be saved 10 years. Then we should be able to follow you and realize that we should be able to look at your life and you're communicating how to live for Jesus. You're communicating spiritual skills for life. The whole church coming together. See, many people in here, you think, no, that's the pastor's job. But what he said in the text, he says, teaching and admonishing one another. This is, a, this is a together thing. When I went to school, the little I did go to school, it's another sermon. But how I many know when we go to school, we get, we get taught specifics, meaning someone teaches us geography, someone teaches us science, someone teaches us maths, someone teaches us English, someone teaches us P.E.? Someone teaches us R.E. We get all of these specifics. There are people that teach you the specifics when you go to school. But how many know when you go to school, they didn't teach you how to pull up your socks? They didn't teach you to put on your underpants. You should have learned that. How many know you should have learned that before you went to school? You learnt certain things like manners and brushing your teeth. Amen, single brothers. Brushing your teeth wearing theology. These things, school didn't teach me these things. I learned them at home. And so think about this now. In school, there are specific people who are trained to teach specific things. But at home, this is where you learn general life skills in a good home. The same is with a church. In the church, we understand there are people that have specific gifts of teaching and preaching. But there should be general things that the church is teaching one another how to live for Jesus. It shouldn't be that you have to have a degree. How many you know parents, you have a child and we don't have to give you a degree to bring up your child. You have to go to teach a training school, then get a degree and appear. No, you just teach them how to get through life, brush your teeth, put their socks on, put your jacket on, and then we send you to school. There are some pacifics and we have to have the the balance of this in the house of God because many times what's happened is there's an off balance that we expect the pastor and the pastors and the leaders to teach everybody everything. But the Bible says, no, 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 no. What has to happen is that you guys should be teaching one another. See, a good church is like a good home. It is constantly communicating spiritual life skills. Every single one of you here should be communicating spiritual life skills to the other person. See, Potter's House Wandsworth, our goal is not to teach you to come to church. Our goal is to teach you to become the church. There's a difference. I'm not teaching you to come to church just to come to church. I'll teach you to become the church. That's what God wants. That's what we see in the New Testament. See, I heard this uh, 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 psychiatrist kind of person, they were talking about there was a growth in depression in our society today. And I spoke a little bit about it the other day. And what they were saying was is that traditionally, what they've been doing is giving people drugs to deal with depression. And they're finding out that a lot of these drugs are not working. They may make people feel a bit of a buzz for a moment, but it's not really working, and people are getting hooked and dependent on these things. And as they start to do studies and, and speak to people around the world, and they go to different uh, 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 nations, and they went to, they had some, uh, uh, some of these specialists, and they got these drugs, and they went to a place in Africa, and they said, Listen, we've got these antidepressants. We want you to start to give them to people. And, and 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 some of these doctors that were, were in Africa, they said, Oh no, we've already got them. And he said, Oh, what, what do you mean? He said, There was a guy that he damaged his leg and he couldn't work and he became depressed. And so what the people in the village did, they went around and he couldn't work. And so what they did is they bought him a cow. And he said, Once they bought him a cow, he started to milk the cow and do some stuff with the cow. And basically, where before he was lying in bed depressed. Now he's got the cow, he's got something to do, and he's selling the milk, and he's doing that, and he's no longer depressed. And they said, I guess the cow is an antidepressant. And what they found is that where we in the West have been telling everybody, listen, you're depressed? Hey, listen, you need to do you. You need to be yourself. And the guy said, we need to start telling people, no, it's not about you doing you, you need to start to do we. Not, not, amen. We need to start to understand this is about us. You need a bigger purpose. See, could it be that we need to start to teach the people to do community? See, until church becomes we and not you, church does not work. Let me tell you this now. I'm, telling you, I'm speaking to me, speaking to you. If you come to church and church is all about you, this church will not work for you. you. The only way this church is ever going to work for you is when it becomes we. It cannot be you. See, could this be why some people have been in church for so long, but they're still lonely? Because they're trying to make the church you rather than we. Could it be this is why we're struggling? See, is it that we're not, we're coming to church. We're just coming to church. See, this is why we have connect groups. How many of you went to connect group Friday? Connect groups, okay. So there's quite a few of you. You have connect groups. And so I'm hearing great testimonies of people in the connect groups. Someone came up to me and said, Pastor, I just want to let you know I, I needed to move house. And uh, some of the brothers from my connect group, they came and they helped me move my house. They, you know, they, they helped me, man. I'm laughing at us. Praise God. I mean, we all need a bit of help. That's that's good, that's wholesome. That's what the church. I didn't know to do it. No one called me about it. It's the body helping the body. Someone told me recently they were collecting a bit of cash, you know, if you're £20, £30, what's happening here? I don't know what's going on. Oh, someone needed a bit of money. We're just collecting some money to help them out. How many of us good? Oh, two people at the front, praise God. The rest of you get saved. (laughs) How many of us are good? It's the body ministering to the body. No one called me. No one told me this is what it's about. And, and I realize as well is that even from a spiritual perspective, when we start to introduce the connect groups, it's almost like I feel a resistance because the devil knows that's where the power is. Friday, you'll be like, oh, yeah, everything. And Friday, everything's going to go wrong. Oh, I can't be bothered. Oh, oh, it's long, man. It's getting cold and dark. Let's just stay in and stay cozy. By yourself. <laughs> what's Netflix? Flick Netflix. Come Connect Group. Because you know what's gonna happen? In a few months' time pass, I'm depressed. I'm depressed. Can you pray for me, Pastor? Yes, I'll pray for you to get to Connect Group. <laughs> I'm only joking, I'm joking. In the text it says. Not just teaching one another, admonishing one another. How I many know oh, a home is a place of love? It should be a place of love. But it's also a place of rules. I mean, there's got to be some rules? You can't just do what you want. Sometimes I come to people's house. Whenever I come to someone's house, I say, shoes on, shoes off. You know, What's your rule? What's your time? I don't just roll in someone's house. Listen, there's rules. You're teaching, admonishing the, word, the Bible tells us we should admonish one another. Admonish. Say the word admonish. One, two, three. Admonish. One, let's do it again. One, two, three. Admonish. When's the last time you admonished somebody? The word admonished means to make them remember. Maybe they forgot something. Some people forget themselves sometimes. They need admonishing. Like You forgot yourself. Some people, you forgot how you came in it. You need to be admonished. Some of you forgot, this is the house of God. This ain't ain't, that, that. this is this. It means to warn people, it means to rebuke. The Bible says that we should be rebuking one another. How many of you believe Bible? In our Bible it says, teaching and rebuking one another. Now this is where it's gonna come down. Excuse me, because people are going to be, no, 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 that's, that's definitely pastor's job. That's definitely, I know, I know. Listen, pastor, I know, more, I, I know, I know church. That's your job. No? He says there's some rebuking that should be going on one another. Let's look in the Bible to get some more context. First Thessalonians 5.14. Now we exalt you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. It's saying that we should comfort one another. We know we should do that. If someone's weak, we should uphold them. We've got to be patient. But it also says in there, I exalt you, brethren, warn those who walk unruly. Meaning, if there is someone who's a Christian and they are not living the Christian life, warn them the word unruly means you're out of place it's actually military term when you see people marching like soldiers and you're not in line you're out of line and he says when people when Christians are out of line the church should warn them the church should rebuke them the church should come and say hey 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 yeah, 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 that's out of line When I was a little kid, you'd get a scratch, and I'd go to my mummy. I got a scratch. She'd like, come here. She'd kiss it. She'd put a plaster on it. I'd go off and play. How many know, as you get older, you realize scratches are not serious? If there's a scratch, you don't run to your mum. You don't, as I was coming here, there was an ambulance in front of us, and it says, there's 999 for emergencies, and then there's 111. If, you want, if it's not a 999 emergency. And so, if you get a scratch, the body will fix itself. See, sometimes in the church, there's going to be scratches. Someone's going to scratch you with their mouth. Someone's going to rub you the wrong way. Something's going to go wrong. Someone's going to scratch. There's going to be this scratch. And what you don't do, don't make a big thing out of it. You've got to realize the body should heal itself. There's two sisters that are not talking, and you know it. So you pray and he said, Hey, sis, we need to come together. I'm not gonna be over here chatting to you about that, and then I'm over here chatting to that person, and that for twenty years, we're just in the middle chatting to you, and then we're chatting here, and then no 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 no, we can't have that. The body, let me call pastor. Why are you calling me? You the body so it's hey sister man, let me warn you, bitterness is wicked. Listen, sister, bitterness, you, you, let me warn you. I can't be sitting up in your house laughing and joking and drinking tea. I, I gotta warn you, listen, you gotta come together. The Bible says, be watchful lest a root of bitterness spring up in you and it ruins you. See, the body fixes itself. Now, listen, you said Pastor, you just don't want to do nothing. What do you want to do? Yeah, you know, when you get a slice, you got to go and get stitches. That's a different thing. But scratches, the body fixes a scratch. The body covers it. The blood comes, it clots, it covers it. These are the things that we've got to start to say because we want a healthy body. A body that cannot heal itself, there's something wrong. That means if we have a church of a 1,000 people, but it cannot fix small scratches, it's still a baby church. If we have a church of 2,000 people sending out churches, and if two sisters argue and the pastor has to come because one sister's eyebrows were longer than another sister's eyebrows, how many know that's a baby church? She said, is that my hair? Is that her hair? ha, <laughs> ha. I know it doesn't happen here, but it's just for the recording. People listen to this. Romans, listen, listen, listen. Romans 15, 14. Now I myself am confident concerning you. He said, I'm confident about you, the church. This is what Paul says to the Roman church. My brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another, Paul says, I've got this confidence you guys can sort out these things. He says, I'm confident. You're good people. How many you know we've got a good church? We've got a good church. See, the danger is when we overlook and we cover up other people's sins. That's the danger. When we overlook other people's sins and we cover them up. Listen, the church cannot cover sin. That's not the business of the church covering other people's sins. The church, in the world, they're making movies and writing books about the cover-up of certain religious organizations. Where priests and these people are doing nastiness with kids and all of that. And it's coming out that they covered these things up. How many know the church has no business covering up sin? The church should have no business covering up sin. If you know people that are in sin in this church, you should not cover it up. You should rebuke them. You should warn them. You should say, listen, you can't live like that. That's wrong. He's saying, I've got confidence that you guys can warn one another. If people are living unfaithful. If you know some married sister linking up with some guy. That's not a husband. How many You need to warn that sister, man. You need to warn her. Hey, listen, man. That's why I allow that to. (laughs) Now I'm learning. I was going to say more, but God is like, no, no, son, son, son. No, 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 no. We're, We're not there. When we were like... 20 people, we could just go rowdy, man. We was to get all that then. But now we're, we're, we're changing. We're changing. You know someone who's single? They're hanging out with unsaved men? You're a saved woman in this church, and you have an unsaved boyfriend? And people in this church know it? They should warn you that no fornicator will enter into the kingdom of God. No fornicator will enter the kingdom of God. No fornicator sex with someone you're not married to. Oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't like this church. now. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not coming back here now. I know I should have just listened to Elevation or something else. So that a stayed at home. And I like I like elevation. I like that brother. No, I do. I do. I like that brother. I'm just saying that this is how some people are. Listen, you need to. The body needs to warn. Let me let me give you some instances. I remember I knew a married guy. He's a married guy, and, and, and I see him come to church with his wife. Me and him is a good friend. He come to church with his wife. Sometimes people are in beef, you know. And you, 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 you kind of see it, but you don't see it. Yeah. And so he come in with his wife, and then I see this single sister come in at the, at the church, and he was like, hey, how you doing? And then she put her arm around him, and she kind of pulled him close. I didn't say nothing at the time. I was just watching. When he finished, I said, it's a brethren. I said, bro, you got to keep a distance from that sister. That's way too close. Is she your cousin, your sister, your mother, your daughter? Who is she? I don't even see you coming with your wife like that. I had to warn him. Listen, listen. Can can we we preach? Can we I'm going to tell you, don't tell no one else. Listen, when I was dating... You're dating, you're having a good time, you go out, the clock is ticking. You meet up at seven. See, when you're dating, time goes fly by, man. You're dating, you've met up at seven, next minute it's like, oh, it's 11 o'clock, we feel like we've been here five minutes. So you're like, oh, I don't want to go, man, I'm having a good time. One of my brethren called me, said, so where are you? Uh, I'll just, just, I'll just... I'm just I'm just on my way home. (laughs) We need one another to look out for one another. You can't allow and see people going off a cliff and then you just keep covering up and you say nothing. Listen, they're destroying themselves. We need to look out for one another, rebuke one another, warn one another, say, bro, sis, don't continue in that direction. The Bible says this, God says this. If a man sins, God says that man is going to pay for his sin. But this is what he also says. If a righteous person knows that that man is sinning and he says nothing to him, the Bible says when God after God has finished judging the man for sinning, he says I'm coming for you. Because his blood is on your hands. His blood is on your hands. Now, look what it says in Second in, in Thessalonians three verse fifteen. Yet, do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. What it says here is that you know people are like yeah that's that's my bro, yeah that's my sis yeah we yeah okay can they rebuke you? Because if they can't rebuke you, they're not brothers. That's fake. And one thing I, I could put up with a lot, but I hate fake people. I shouldn't say, God forgive me. I don't hate them. I find them mad I'm finding them irritating. Like fake. D- don't, why are you fake? Don't be fake. Let's be real. Let's just be real. Let's keep it real. Let's be real. If you're struggling, you're struggling. If you need help, you need help. If you need prayer, you need prayer. But let's not play games. Let's not be fake. So if you're a brother, and we're like brothers, can I, hey, bro, man, I remember I went somewhere one time, I was busy, I was doing this, doing that, I don't know what I'd done in the daytime, and I wasn't in the church, and a guy said to me, hey, bro, man, you need a minute. That's a bit embarrassing, but I said, thank God, man, because I was still single then. <laughs> if you never told me, I might still be single now. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Hi, hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm okay, Francis could have been somewhere else sometimes you got to tell people the hard truth if they're a brother but listen what it says let's go back to this look at it yet do not count them as an enemy don't treat them like they're an enemy hey what are you doing you stupid fool? Why, why? no 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 treat them like a brother when you correct people when you rebuke people when you instruct people treat them like a brother hey sis you know I love you, man. But sis, this life, that's not godly. Sis, that's going to cause problems for you, man. Sis, bro, this is, this is going to affect you down the line. Yeah, we are to instruct people, but we are to treat them like family. Galatians 6 verse 1. Look what it says here. Brethren. Meaning brothers, family. If a man be overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Gentle, man. That means you don't go around talking of their business. Hey, you see what so-and-so did. Yeah, I had to chat to them. Yeah. No, no, forget all of that. You, you, you speak to them, did they receive it? It's dead, it's gone. Don't keep going over it. Gentleness. Meekness. He says, listen considering yourself lest you be tempted. There's something about people that are quick to judge other people that fall into sin themselves. If you want to stay righteous when you see sin you don't cover it up. What you do is you address it but you speak about it in humility. Say "Listen, listen, I know we all struggle with the flesh. I struggle myself but listen, you can't do that. And as you do that there's something there. If you're there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never. Did, no, no, no. I've seen so many men, women, preachers, people. You, 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 you talk about people. You, rebuke, you push people down, and then we find out a year later that you're doing the very thing you rebuke them for. I don't want that to be my testimony. I don't want that to be your testimony. Let me bring this. How do we do this? How do we, how do we, teach one another? How do we admonish one another? How do we do this? Well. There's usually two types of people in churches. There are people that want to teach everybody. And they're, you, sometimes they're the people that you don't want them teaching nobody. <laughs> There's people, when you see them with a new convert, you're like, oh my days, not those. No, 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 no. What are they saying to them? Okay. There's those type of people. And then, yeah, I've got a ministry. I want to lead the guy. I want to, okay. The other type of person is the person that you're saying, hey, why don't you get involved? No, not me. Not me. Not me. So you have these two types of people in the church. There's those who are trying to teach people that really shouldn't be, and those that won't. What do we do? Well, the answer is the same for both. See, if we go back to our original text in Colossians, it tells us how. It says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. If you're going to be someone who's going to teach people, before you teach anybody anything, let the word of God Dwell in you richly. Before you rebuke anybody, go around the church rebuking people, let the word of God dwell in you richly. That you have the word of God in you. See, what we don't want is people teaching people their opinions. What we don't want is people teaching people their culture. What we don't want is people teaching people their traditions. We don't care about those things. I'm not being disrespectful to anybody's opinion, culture, or traditions. But they didn't say let your traditions, culture, or opinions dwell in you richly. It said let the word of Christ. And what this means is all of the teachings that surround Jesus, that tells us what Jesus did and who Jesus is, and how Jesus died on the cross for sinners and how Jesus preached the gospel and how Jesus resurrected and how Jesus saves us and how Jesus loves us and how Jesus gives us hope that you've read the gospels and you've gone through them slowly and you've digested this word into your life and you're living it and the Bible says those are the people that you don't need a PhD in theology, you don't need to be in the church for 20 years, just let the word of God into your life you are equipped then to teach and to admonish and say, listen, I'm going to help you. There are people in this church, they need people to come alongside them who have the word of God in them. They don't need more opinions. They don't need trendy people. Listen, the world is filled with trendy people. I thank God, you know, a lot of you look trendy, but that's not what we need. We need the word of God. Some of you are educated. You're educated to the top. You've got all of the education, praise God. But we don't need educated people. We just need people that have the Word of God in them. Some of you have a lot of money. Wonderful, we're glad you've got money. And you know how to do business and how to do economics. But we don't need that. What we need is more people that have the Word of God in them. See, he says, let the Word of God dwell. That word dwell means to live. You have to become the house of the Word of God. Your life should be the house of the Word of God. Does the Word of God live in you? Or does it just visit you every Sunday? Does it just visit you? Like the first time you open your Bibles is when I say open your Bibles. That, no, that's a visitor. How many of those, if somebody only comes in your house once a week, that's a visitor. Does the word of God live in you every day? See, if you was to, if you was to, study, if you was to put a camera outside my house, you would see every day me and my wife going in our house. Every day, you'd see that. We're going in our house. Now, last Wednesday, my wife's cousin came over from Germany for a day. And so he stayed in our house uh, 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 Wednesday night, and then he went back to, to Germany. And so this is a visitor. The Word of God shouldn't be just visiting you. That like now and again, you read a little scripture or someone texts you a little verse through WhatsApp, and you put it on your WhatsApp. Yeah, and this, it's just the visiting, like it's just chilling there for a little bit. But then the rest of the time, everything else is entering in. See, if you was to look at my house and you had a camera, you wouldn't see strangers going in my house. How many know if, if, if strangers go in, then strangers are going to come out? Maybe this is why some people's strange things are coming out of you. Because the Word of God is not living in you. You're coming with strange teachings. See, the Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom. We need more and more people to read the Bible more and more in this church. We need you to read your Bibles more and more and more and more. If this church is going to grow, it's got to grow in maturity, not just numbers. You've got you've to grow in your own devotion, in your own reading of the Bible. You've got to make that decision, like I did early on, before I was a pastor, before I was in any ministry. I said, I get up every day and I read my Bible every day, and I've done that for 24 years. Almost read my Bible every day, and if I miss a few days, I always know. Listen, that's what I got to get back to. This can't stay as my lifestyle. I got to get back to this. See, the Bible says here that we should be rich in the Word of God. Poverty is a bad. How many know poverty is a bad thing? It's not a positive thing. It, it limits you. I grew up poor with my mom, and we. Hey, mom, can I have that? No, no, you can't. Can we, can we? No. Can we go there? No. It's a limiting thing. Poverty of the word is just as limited. There are things that you can't speak on. There's people you can't help. There's ministries that are not open to you. There are blessings that are denied. You can't reach them because of poverty of the word. And he says, no. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. So many times the church will. Point at rich people. Oh, listen, there are rich people doing good things. The reason why they can do good things, they have the resources. The Bible is saying, let the word of God dwell in you richly. See, what God is saying to us here is if you pack the word of God in you, then it will come out of you. And it will not just come out of your mouth, it will come out of your life. Because you're giving yourself to the word of God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another. And then look at how it switches. It says, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Psalms, meaning this applicable lifestyle that you start to go teach people, listen, this is how we live for God. This is how we can live for God. Speaks about uh, 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 hymns, that as I fill myself with the word of God, Now I worship God. See, you can't really worship God without knowing the word of God. See, worship is doxology. I've said this before. The study of God is theology. Doxology without theology is idolatry. That means you're inventing your own God. As you give yourself more to study in who God is and how big he is and how wondrous he is, the more and more this worship will burst out of you. And then he says there, spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts, that this becomes something that just bubbles up inside of you. And that's what teaches people. People will look at that and be like, I want what you've got. See, it's all good us telling people, hey, this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do. But if they look at us as Christians and they're like, I don't really want, I don't really want what you got. I don't really see you full of joy. I don't see you come in church and like, yeah. I don't see you worshiping. I don't see you full of joy. I don't see that in you. Until they see that in us, it's going to be very hard to teach people. But the Bible says you don't have to manufacture it. You don't have to uh, contrive it, push it out. Like, okay, I'm going to, yeah, I'm really happy, but I'm not. No, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. He says, fill yourself with the word. Fill yourself with the teachings of Christ. Get to know Christ. Fill yourself with that on your own personal level. And he says, out of that, your life will start to teach others. And then we come together and we're able to strengthen and correct and bless one another. How many want to do that? Amen. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. We hope you've been blessed, edified, and challenged by the sermon to reach the lost and make disciples. For more information on what we do and who we are, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk.